Hi, you're listening to the Abundant Encounters podcast, and this is Mary Marsingill. We're so honored to have you. And just quickly, before we get started, I wanted to remind you to rate this podcast and give positive reviews anywhere you're listening, Apple, Google, and others. Just talk about what you're experiencing, or especially any encounters that you felt like you had during an episode. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you could take five seconds right now to pray for our podcast and ministry to succeed. Five seconds might not sound like much, but we believe that our collective prayers will make a massive difference and protect and prosper these ministries' efforts to glorify and exalt Jesus. Our hope is simple, that people have real encounters with Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit. Please join us now for just five seconds to pray. Thank you so much. Here's Josh. Thanks for praying for us. We really appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to a new episode of the Abundant Encounters podcast. means so much to us that you know who God is you know this thing is so personal and we can miss it it's like we trade our Jesus for our religion what a, that is a bad deal <laughs> in a million ways encounters keep God real we have to make space and room and, and meet with him he deserves as much, you know. He's worthy of it all. It's true. And sometimes our little act of surrender, like, hey, that puts him back in the driver's seat. That can be one of the most healing things we can experience. It's just like, wow, all that pressure I put on myself. But it's all about you, Jesus. And like popping a balloon, all that pressure just goes. God is real. And he is with you right now. Right where you are. No matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter if you're in the midst of sin. This is who our God is. Jesus couldn't even come into the earth if he wasn't able to go near sin. So there is nothing that can separate you from him. And you have to believe that you're disconnected for you to even feel that way. So let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for the connection that you've provided for each and every one of us. God, we, we acknowledge your presence amongst us, right here with us, inside of us, all around us. You, the personal you, is right here with us, with each of us, with me. Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you for making God tangible, for helping me connect with the feelings and the stuff that I communicate with here 
in this life in the way that I'm living things I understand Holy Spirit thank you for bringing things to remembrance to help me understand who I'm talking to when I talk to God Jesus thank you so much for making a way for each and every one of us to know your wonderful Father who is our Father In the name of Jesus, I just bind anything up that would hinder whatever you want to do here today, God. Lord, I ask that you'd use me, your servant. In Jesus' name, Lord, we ask for encounters, for moments with you that are real, that we at least subjectively cannot deny. Lord, we pray for those objective moments that everyone can witness. Where people get healed. Where you show up and show off on our finances. In, um, in a million ways, Lord, you're so creative. We love you. Come, Lord. Come, Lord Jesus. I'm Holy Spirit. Come, Father God. This time is yours. We humbly submit it to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as you guys know, we like to start these sessions with by reading from the scriptures and that is very intentional we when we read faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god there's two things we get both faith and our ears begin to open up to what god is saying so i've been chewing on you know what god wanted me to do next and kind of waiting on marching orders if you know what i mean and uh, very excited because felt like uh, just now pretty much uh, the Lord said Romans and Romans uh, I'm not even sure if we've done Romans before on this podcast but it's just a powerful book of encounters There's so much goodness in here um, love the New Testament love Paul love everything that's happening in this book and I can't wait to dive in with you we're going to be reading in the Mira Bible translation and um, that's available in an app and we highly encourage you to go and grab that from your app store and we'll get started Romans 1 Paul passionately engaged by Jesus Christ identified in him to represent him my mandate and message is to announce the goodness of God to mankind. This message is what the scriptures are all about. It remains the central prophetic theme and content of inspired writing. The Son of God has his natural lineage from the seed of David. However, his powerful resurrection from the dead by the Holy Spirit 
locates and confirms his being and sonship in God. The grace and commission we received from him is to bring about a faith-inspired lifestyle in all the nations. His name is his claim on the human race. In Jesus Christ, you individually discover who you are. In addressing you, I address all in Rome. I am convinced of God's love for you. He restored you to the harmony of your original design. You were made holy in Christ Jesus. No wonder then that you are surnamed saints. His grace gift in Christ secures your total well-being. The Father of the Lord Jesus Christ is ours also. He is our God. My greatest joy is to realize that your faith is announced throughout the entire world. The total cosmos is our audience. I am completely engaged in my spirit in the gospel of God's Son, constantly including you in my prayers. God is my witness. Since I already feel so connected to you, I long to also see you face to face. I really look forward to finally meet you in person, knowing that my spiritual gift will benefit you greatly. It will cement and establish you in your faith. And so we will be mutually refreshed in the participation and reflection of our common faith. Until now, I have been prevented from coming to you, even though I have frequently desired to reap some harvest in you, as much as I anticipate the full fruit of this gospel in all the nations. I am so convinced of everyone's inclusion. I am indebted both to the Greeks as well as those many foreigners whose languages we do not even understand. I owe this message to everyone. It is not a matter of how literate and educated people are. The illiterate are equally included in the benefit of the good news. Because of this compelling urgency, I am so keen to preach to you Romans also. I have no shame about sharing the good news of Christ with anyone. The powerful rescuing act of God persuades both Jew and Gentile alike. Herein lies the secret of the power of the gospel. There is no good news in it until the righteousness of God is revealed. The dynamic of the gospel is the revelation of God's faith as the only valid basis for our belief. The prophets wrote in advance about the fact that God believes that righteousness reveals the life of our design. Righteousness, by his faith, defines life. God is not standing neutral to mankind's indifference. This revelation of God's belief in our redeemed righteousness is at the same time an unveiling of God's passionate desire from a heavenly perspective towards a humanity who seem to have lost touch with the romance of their devotion. 
by suppressing the truth about themselves, they have forgotten the delicate art to adore and be adored, while they continue to hold on to an inferior reference of themselves by being out of sync with their true likeness. God is not a stranger to anyone. Whatever can be known of God is manifest in man. God has revealed it in the very core of our being, which bears witness within our conscience. God is on display in creation. The very fabric of visible cosmos appeals to reason. It clearly bears witness to the ever-present sustaining power and intelligence of the invisible God, leaving mankind without any valid excuse to ignore him. Yet mankind only knew him in a philosophical, religious way, from a distance, and failed to give him credit as God. Their taking him for granted and lack of gratitude veiled him from them. They became absorbed in useless debates and discussions, which further darkened their understanding about themselves. Their wise conclusions only confirmed their folly. Their losing sight of God made them lose sight of who they really were. In their calculation, the image and likeness of God became reduced to a corrupted and distorted pattern of themselves. Suddenly a person has more in common with creepy crawlies than with their original blueprint. It seemed like God abandoned mankind to be swept along by the lust of their own hearts to abuse and defile themselves. Their most personal possession, their own bodies, became worthless public property. Truth suppressed became twisted truth. Instead of embracing their maker as their authentic identity, they preferred the deception of a distorted image of their own making, religiously giving it their affection and worship. The true God is the blessed God of the ages. Hey, he is not defined by our devotion or indifference. By being confused about their maker, they became confused about themselves, which led to all manner of obsessions. Men and women alike became inflamed with perverted fantasies. This brought about an intense striving and a most exhausting toiling in the pursuit of a disillusioned identity, which clearly are the symptoms of an inferior estimate of oneself. Their indifference to their God identity veiled God from them. Sin snowballs. It spreads like a disease, exhibiting its ugly symptoms in every possible form, from perverse sexual obsessions to every kind of atrocity. The problem with sin is that it never satisfies, leaving the victim miserably unfulfilled and constantly craving for more of the same deception, vileness, jealousy, anger, and an unnatural obsession with the self. Life is cheap. Murder doesn't matter. 
They are steeped in constant quarreling and wickedness. Their conversation has become reduced to slanderous gossip. No one is safe in their company. They think that by insulting people, they can voice their hatred for God. Proudly bragging about their latest inventions of filth, they remain indifferent to any definition of parenthood, disregarding the fact that we did not invent ourselves. They live dysfunctional, disconnected lives where no sympathy or mercy is shown. It just doesn't make any sense. They started off knowing the righteousness of God, yet by their lifestyle they flirt with death. It is almost as if sin has become a fashionable contest. Romans is so deep, I love it. It's um, definitely speaks to the academic side of me. And um, there's so much in there. There's just so much good in what Romans is just one line by line revealing. And um, you could you could spend so much time just on every verse. Uh, it's it's deep. It's like we don't write like that anymore. We don't put that much thought into every single word. And um, this translation is a bit unusual, and um, but I love the way that it can help you hear something differently or see something differently. And it's not like you have to just accept it the way he's written it, you know. If you're used to a different translation, I highly encourage you to go back and read um, your preferred translation. But I wanted to share something I, I, uh, I wrote on uh, just a post that I made uh, on social media. Um, so driving into work one morning, I heard the Holy Spirit quietly say to me, Josh, I love your heart. He said it with a peace, a matter-of-fact tone, and a smile that you can hear and feel. I said, uh, yeah, right, this, this thing's awful. With a little false humility, perhaps. And he replies with a touch of playfulness. Really? Because I remember giving you that one new. And I said this about this experience. He is shaping us and molding us from purity, not from sin. I'll say that again. He is shaping us and molding us from purity, not from sin. What Christ did was enough, and death is not our Savior. I totally stole that one from Georgie and Banov. Um, he is able to complete the good work he started in you, and he takes responsibility for that maturing process. It's not that we're not yet good. It's only that we lack maturity or fruit, which we can't get from guilt, shame, and false humility. Come on. He is able, and he is not distracted by our roughness, our sin, 
our immaturity. He uses it all fearfully and wonderfully. He is good, really good. He is able. One more time, I'm going to read this part. He is shaping us and molding us from purity, not from sin. You see it in there? In Romans 1, when we detach ourselves from the Father, what are we going to try to shape and mold ourselves? Most of us will admit that we've tried really hard for years. I mean, I, I was at that for 27 years before I got saved. And um, and there for some time, even after I got saved, just because I didn't get what was going on. But being connected with God, that changed everything. Even when I didn't know he was building me and laying foundations that I could soon walk on and go from glory to glory on. He was doing it. He was doing that before I got saved. For generations. He was shaping me from purity for generations. Romans 1 is such an awesome, like, uh, you know, just value statement about why we need to have relationship with God. This is our design is in God. When we try to do it ourselves, we could easily get confused with like, um, you know, something, anything from the world. And sin is, it unfortunately has a voice in this fallen reality. Jesus absolutely paid the price for it. it it's not like necessary that we participate with it in any shape, way, shape, or form. But it is available. And there are consequences, not punishment, but there are consequences because sin is not the way we're made. It's it's a disalignment. It's stepping out of our purpose. It's stepping out of what we were created to to uh, be able to hold or our, our capacity. Sin doesn't work for us because it's missing the mark. That's what it literally means, miss the mark. Sin's a problem. Just because Jesus took the punishment, and there's no punishment, doesn't mean that it doesn't fit you. It just doesn't. Maybe it's convinced you. Maybe it's it's got a hold of you somehow. That happens to all of us. It's happened to me plenty as a Christian. And um, I'd just be a liar if I told you otherwise. Got a hold of me. Held on to me as much, as long as it could. And... You know, and I thought I was doing everything I could. I was like, I'm going to lay this down. I'm going to give it over to Jesus. And somehow it was still there. And I'd do that for over and over again. Not understanding that it wasn't who I was. 
In the first place, it didn't have anything to do with me. Our beliefs determine our behavior, which determines, and you know, that's what we become and what, how we grow. I had to go back and change some of those beliefs. I really love the ministry of uh, Steve and Wendy Backlund. They, they seem to really have some powerful, you know, foundational stuff like, you know, rethink your belief system. Make sure that what you believe is the kind of beliefs that produce the righteousness of Christ Jesus in your life. Wendy has her stance on emotions uh, being can be victorious and don't have to work against you. Uh, makes me think of Brene Brown's statement about, I don't know if it's her statement or she claimed uh, science had revealed that we're mostly emotional beings. We're not thinking beings who uh, occasionally have emotions. We're emotional beings who occasionally have thoughts. She talked about autopilot isn't even real. It's because we're we're feeling our way through it. We're emotionally connected to it. And there is no such thing as a robot, you know, like way of life where you never do anything right. We may think we want that. We're not made for that. We're made to have joy and and have tears and and um, you know but that doesn't mean our emotions can't be victorious anyway those are some good resources for you if you're interested more in that but and I think that they're there to help connect you to the truth about yourself I, on our last episode, we, we talked about David's uh, strategy for getting real information about your identity from God. And just to simplify that, um, as a reminder, it's uh, there's just really two steps. It's um, practice gratitude until you feel you're like you're completely present. That's, uh, that's it. As soon as you're completely present and you're really in the moment that you're in, You'll know God's really there with you. Being present is powerful. And that's where you find the presence, is when you're present. And um, that's what David did. And as soon as he was there, God began to speak to him in Psalms 19 about how he knew his identity and he could talk to him about the truth about it and David's like hey I'll give you all anything I think I think I know <laughs> anything I think I know whatever I'm thinking Lord I'd rather be thinking what you're thinking let me share headspace with you in the ancient Hebrew I think uh, uh, Sean Bowles in his book Encounter brought attention to the Shemot the, the headspace that uh, in the in that ancient Hebrew culture, they would talk about uh, David was was uh, sharing sharing headspace with God. It was they they're so connected, 
that their thoughts are moving together. God isn't holding back from us. He knows how much we need Him. We don't have any good images to go off of besides His. We don't have any way to develop or move or grow in our lives without looking right at Him. It's important. You know, he's, He feared for Moses and said, Hey, don't look at my face. You'll die. But we're in the New Testament. It's a good idea that you do die. Die to self. Die to everything. To be raised back to life in Christ Jesus. An eternal life. Go ahead now and do what you can to engage with the Father's face fearlessly. You know, if you're not ready for it, it's okay. Sometimes, and this will be blunt, but sometimes you can just do it anyway. I'm not trying to be inconsiderate. I could understand that feeling. I've just seen that it does work sometimes if you really want it to. It's kind of like that guy in the New Testament. He says, you know, I believe, but help my unbelief. You know, it's the wanting to want to. Sometimes that's enough. So if that's all you got, employ it. I want to want to help my unbelief. And whatever you feel, engage with it. God wants to connect with you. And he knows how you communicate connection. He's not unaware of how you would know that he was present. So any little thing, I mean, the, the problem is, is that we've learned to ignore it. So any little thing that's pulling on your attention, uh, if it's a feeling, you're sensing, um, anyway, you, maybe you hear something, maybe, maybe you see something. Some people are seers, some people are hearers. Some people feel with their, I mean, their body, they feel, some people just on their skin, some people it's internally, they feel it in their chest or something. Um, you know, I've heard people talk about their intestines, their gut. Um, that lines up with scripture like crazy, especially in some of the, what, you know, what has been translated so that we can understand it. Some of those words that Paul uses is actually intestines. So uh, that's where the Holy Spirit is felt for Paul. Paul felt him in his intestines. No, that's a big deal. But they're all big deals if we make them big deals. 
in general, I will feel the presence of the Father. Sometimes I begin to use my imagination and almost as soon as I employ it, the Lord just grabs a hold of it and He takes it on a little ride. And I think I've mentioned this before, but sometimes I'll even do these exercises on my own, so I'll I'll listen to my own podcast. They help me. That's one of the things I I created this for. I I needed this kind of, um, you know, facilitation, especially on my um, when I jogged. I just couldn't find a a good resource that nailed it for me. So, so whatever, however he's communicating with you, if your belief is that he wants to, then you're going to be able to begin to feel it. But if you don't believe that, then that would be a great place to start. Why don't I believe that? And there may be a real place of pain in your heart. A memory that pops up, maybe even feels like it doesn't have anything to do with it. That's also the Lord communicating with you. But in this case, He's trying to bring you to some freedom so that you can hear from Him. Breaking down those old root systems of belief so that you can have new beliefs is important. It's important to heal. Especially memories. As I've done counseling and uh, sozo and inner healing type of uh, lay counseling, it's, it's amazing. Like, Jesus always always wants to heal memories. I mean, there's hardly an exception. I, I really can't think of one where someone brought up a painful memory and and then we didn't lead them through a tool or you just basically asked Jesus where he was in the memory. And Jesus somehow shows up in that memory, puts a stamp on it, and um, and there's love available in that place of, that used to bring pain. And now this person goes forth. And um, if that memory gets replayed in their mind, they see Jesus every time. And Jesus heals memories that way. Don't let painful memories plague you. Ask Jesus to show you where he was. I mean, I've seen some hard stuff. People being raped as little children and these horrible things. And um, you ask him to ask Jesus where he was and sure enough, he'll be there and he'll have something to say that'll heal them, help them understand. Not why it happened. Jesus isn't in any kind of agreement with the fallenness of this world. But he is a loving God who is available at all times and nothing can separate us from him. 
and he's outside of time. He can do whatever he wants. He can change things in your past. <laughs> there are no limits. Spend some time going through and where there are belief systems that are hindering you from connecting with God ask them about those if it's if a memory comes up go get it healed with Jesus and um, if it's just an obvious belief in the limitations of God then renounce it ask him for the truth I'll kick this off quickly with if you're engaged with the father's face if you still can't see it it's okay that's why you do this stuff so that your communication lines open up but let's ask the father a question is there anything I'm believing that is not allowing me to connect with you Now just, if you've heard something or you felt like something was true, however it came to you, just trust the leading of the Holy Spirit. Trust Him. And renounce that lie. Put, try to put it into words, even if it was a feeling. Just put it into words and say, I renounce the lie. And then you can declare the truth that you are here with me. Or you can ask him for a truth that fits. And I'll give you some time to sit with the Lord and work on your belief systems. You're a pro. You're so good at this. God bless you.
today might be a big new day, especially if it is the first time you used a prophetic act like this and got pulled into a real encounter with the living God in his heaven on earth. This determination may reveal how the same God has been encountering you for many years and will eventually reveal how God is really everywhere and in everything. The good news, he is for you and not against you. He's hidden there for you and not from you. Seek him and find him. Seek like a king before you share as his priest. What you begin to find and uncover will cross the boundary of word only and enter into your own truth. You'll begin to live there. We pray blessing on you. May you be prosperous today from the inside of your spirit, through your soul, and then out into every circumstance of your day. May joy, hope, and peace overflow from within you abundantly. God is not short on encounters, my friend. I pray that the supply of heaven fill your life with infinite wealth that overwhelms and overcomes every deficit of this world around you and others here in this world. In Jesus' name. Come and visit us online at AbundantEncounters.com where you can find out more about our cause. We want everyone to have an encounter with God today. And on that website, you can find out ways to help yourself, help your friends. There's counseling, coaching, and articles available that will help you to embrace the lifestyle of encountering God. AbundantEncounters.com The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.